Dear family members and friends of First Lutheran Church, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, who continues to breathe in and through and with us by his Holy Spirit. Amen. The barely visible but thrilling assumption behind Jesus' great commission here in our gospel lesson from Matthew, the 28th chapter. All packed into one little word that begins here in verse 19. Is that the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth? Look at verse 18 there with me is also the one who promises to be with us always. Look there in verse 20. I mean, could there be any better spiritual comfort food to sustain and reassure us in this time of the COVID pandemic than these, if you will, sandwiching words that Jesus says, all authority, all sovereignty has been given to me and then, tucked in between our commission for mission, in verse 20 then, is, I am with you always, says Jesus. Now look deeper with me here. Tucked in between these two words of Jesus' dominion over all things, in verse 18, and his promise to always be with us, in verse 20, is that little two-letter word that gives the driving purpose for our lives as Christian Pentecost people. There it is at the beginning of verse 19. It's that little word, go. Yes, go and make disciples of all nations. As St. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, 6, the cosmocrator, that is the creator of all things, who is above all and in all and through all, is Jesus himself. And what he's saying here is the famous Magna Carta for his church, and that's you, his ongoing body in the world. And it's saying simply this, go, get moving, out into ministry and mission, whatever those simple gifts might be that God has given you. Whether at work, the hospital, the grocery store, across the alley, tell people that God loves them as his special creation. As you heard Marnie just read in Genesis chapter 1, that you are made in God's image. Tell them that Christ died for their sake, taking their sin upon himself, giving them forgiveness and a new life of freedom right now in your very hearing. And tell them that Christ's spirit dwells within them. As Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, signed, sealed, delivered. Oh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. On this Holy Trinity Sunday, I'd like to lift up three words in Jesus' great commission for us as his church that connects our lives with his in the life of discipleship. Three words that I pray will give you renewed meaning and purpose 
for your life as Christian people. The first is reflection. The second is risk. And the third is relating. That is sharing the story of God's salvation in Christ. So first, reflection. Jesus says to the 11, those of you who have your Bibles open, look again with me at verse 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples. And then moving down to verse 20. Teaching them. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teaching them. Now stop. Think about this. We can't teach or evangelize sharing the forgiving gospel word of Christ unless we first take time to pause and reflect That is to immerse ourselves in God's word before we can ever interpret Christ for our culture, lest it is culture that's interpreting Christ for us in any kind of engaging way. Taking a cue from Socrates' famous dictum concerning the examined or reflective life, we can only see the underlying reality of Christ's truth for us when we begin to strip away all the busyness getting all that KFUZ, KFUZ, out of our heads, constantly playing. That is to stop all the doing and just be there for a while. Listen into the wisdom of Psalm 39, verse 6. Surely everyone goes about like a shadow. Surely for nothing they are in turmoil, for they heap up all kinds of things and do not know who will gather. My friends, is this word anywhere near your life? Seldom in one place such that your friends or family regard you as a shadow or are never really present. Do you take pride in your frenzy at the expense of your faith? Ever try to go, I mean really go, when you're weighed down by all kinds of stuff? Years ago, when our son John Andrew was about three years of age, I was working in the backyard, and I heard a little voice shouting out from around the side of the house, Dad, Dad, look at the hots, look at the hots. (laughs) I thought the house was on fire. But as I turned the corner, there was Johnny in that little scooch position, which only little ones can do. And he was pointing from his haunches to a small bush that was just starting to blossom. Many of you know what these hots are. I thought he'd taken on a Bostonian accent, but actually what he was talking about are bleeding hots, bleeding hearts. Ah, Johnny, hearts. So I got down with him. And I looked at that bush, and in wonderment, I shared this beautiful part of God's creation. Being on the crazy wheel, I wouldn't have seen it lest Johnny had brought it to my attention to reflect in wonder. It was as though Johnny was saying, Dad, just don't do something. Stand there. Now, I invite you to go out into your backyard tonight or sometime soon and just Look up into the starry splendor of the night sky as the psalmist witnesses for us this day in Psalm 8. 
O Lord, when I look at all thy heavens, the moon, the stars which thou hast established, what is humanity that thou art mindful of us, that you care for us? It puts life in perspective. And so if we're going to go and make disciples as ambassadors, as reconcilers, as healers, teaching people about God's grace and forgiveness for them, then we need to take time for reflection. To drink deeply of Christ's spirit through prayer and reading the Bible, being at worship, slowing down, God still provides the daily bread. Trust God. Briefly now, the second word is risk. Jesus says to the eleven, go. In a word, the word go means risk oftentimes. Risk is like hydrogen on the periodic table of faith. It can change the most basic, blah chemistry of life and turn it into something acidic. Yeah, as Johnny would say, hot. Like dropping a big chunk of potassium into a beaker of water. But don't try that at home or anywhere else for that matter. Or risk is like trying to bud into the left saline at the First Lutheran Church Bazaar. It's risky. I mean, God wrote the book on taking risks, making the impossible possible. Sarah giving birth to Isaac in her 90s, trading in her walker for a stroller. Moses with a puny little stick that set God's people, Israel, free from the tyranny of Pharaoh. Or the scrawny young shepherd boy from Bethlehem named David who brought down a giant of a problem with only a slingshot. Recently, the Chinese philosopher of history, Lin Yutan, observed, the 16th and 17th centuries were marked by divine purpose with their reformations. The 18th century by reason, the 19th century by economic growth, and the 20th by security. Then he goes and adds a little twist here, and he says, so what if Patrick Henry were alive today? Give me liberty or give me security? It begs the question, where are the risk takers in faith today? A time when the civil are no longer religious and the religious are no longer civil. An age of empty rhetoric or vacuous spirituality, cultured despisers. An age when people on the news, like NPR, when asked to make a statement, each second, each sentence concludes with their voice tone going up. Have you ever noticed this? As though in the form of a question. Know what I mean? Where are those who are not ashamed of the absolute truth of gospel? In the public relativistic square, the Martin Luthers, Joan of Arcs, Martin Luther King Jr.'s, the Mother Teresa's, the late professor of pastoral care at Luther's Seminary, Gerhard Frost, offers us something of an answer in a poem entitled, Our Lord Says Go. Our Lord says go and we take an opinion poll. Our Lord says go and we rewrite constitution and study bylaws. Our Lord says go and we reorganize what we just overorganized. We know the words, but we don't dare. We don't say no. We just temporize. We don't refuse. 
all with the rhetoric of love. But our Lord still says, go. Finally, the third word, relating. Sharing the gospel word, and Jesus says to the eleven, go and make disciples, reflecting, risking, for lo, I'm with you always to the close of the age. What a precious word this is. Jesus' promised word, I am with you always. Again, especially in our time that shot through with so much anxiety, fear, and loneliness. My friends, I pray that you love to tell, to share the story of Jesus Christ, that First Lutheran will continue to grow into becoming a congregation about evangelism. Now, you might feel like the young lad in the sixth chapter of John's Gospel who comes to Jesus with but two loaves and five fish. And the disciples, with their eyes of the world, say, kid can't count. Not going to work. Send him home. But what does Jesus say who has the eyes of heaven? He says, can I have them? Can I have these simple gifts that might not look like a big deal in the world's eyes, but can I have these two loaves and five fish? And where do they go? They go into Jesus' hands, and he takes them and blesses them and breaks them, and thousands are fed. And so it is with the simple gifts of our lives, just simply listening, taking time to just be with one another, to phone somebody and check up on them, those especially in our time who are very lonely. Quite frankly, I have a strong hunch that most people have not been brought to the Lord because of a brilliant debate, but more because of personal testimony, a caring relationship. Finally, a few months ago, while visiting elderly lady in hospice care, her daughter and little granddaughter, about five or six, came into the room as I was there, and the little girl climbed up on her grandmother's bed and wrapped her arms around her neck and said, Grammy, you'll be okay. Because Jesus is with us. Remember, Grammy, you told me he even died and came alive again just for us. Heaven, Grammy, heaven. And then her grandmother smiled, and as she fell back asleep, she whispered, Say it again, honey. Say it again. To conclude, look again with me at the very first verse in verse 16 of our text for today. What does it say? Now the 11 disciples, but where's the 12th? The 12th is this grandmother who shared, related the story with her granddaughter. It's the granddaughter who shared it in return for her beloved grandmother. And it's you, readied to go, knowing that Christ is always with you and goes with you always. Yes, glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be. Amen.